Welcome to today's podcast. My name is Pearlie Brewer, and I will be your host. Today's podcast guest is Shalina Bigger. Shalina is the Director of Occupational Health and Safety with Cook Agriculture. Welcome, Shalina. Thanks for having me. Shalina, for someone who has never met you, uh, why don't you give them an overview of your background in health and safety? And uh, it's always interesting to find out how people actually get involved in health and safety. It's not a natural career choice for a lot of people, uh, for example, at a high school or university. Yeah, so actually, um, I had worked in uh, HR for about 10 years and had a kind of pivotal moment in my life where I was thinking I wanted to switch careers. And in 2012, I started working with uh, Irving Wallboard in a safety administrative role. And then once I started to work there and I got more involved in the safety side of things, I kind of thought, geez, I really like the safety stuff. Um, so it just kind of went from there and I moved uh, on into safety throughout uh, JDI. I met um, the director of health and safety for the construction and equipment division, who uh, was my mentor uh, through my safety journey and basically um, got me to where I am today. <laughs> so it's been uh, it's been a great 11 years. It's hard to believe it's been that long. Um, but it has been uh, been a great, great experience, and I'm really happy, um, you know, with the choice to uh, to switch my career path. So what are your current responsibilities uh, in health and safety at Cooks? So my responsibilities at Cook, um, right now I have a team of four. So I've got two health and safety specialists, and I have a uh, WCB claims a coordinator as well as a safety training and compliance coordinator. So that's my team that I manage. Um, I coach them along. Uh, part of what uh, I'm also responsible for doing is, you know, implementing some new programs in the company, uh, educating our management, our upper management, as well as our frontline supervisors just on their responsibilities and the importance of, of health and safety in the organization. Now, it seems uh, every time I go on media, the different forms of social media, uh, I'm reading about cooks expanding, buying a new operation somewhere in the world. As an organization, how many employees and locations would cooks have right now? Oh, gosh. Globally, I don't know if I could give you a specific number. <laughs> um in Atlantic Canada, we have roughly around 11 or 12 divisions that fall under the Cook umbrella, uh, about 2,200 employees in total. And that spans over processing operations, farming operations, hatcheries, trucking, um, you know, a vast uh, number of things. And then globally, as you mentioned, um, we have our hands in everything, basically related to seafood. So uh, we've got operations in Australia, Chile, Scotland, in the U.S., Uruguay, um, just all over the place. So and, and we're continuing to expand. So, um, you know, we are definitely a global leader of seafood, if not the <laughs> global leader at this point. So. Now, has that given you an opportunity to travel some? Or are you pretty much focused on Atlantic Canada? 
my focus is Atlantic Canada uh, that I'm responsible for. However, I do um, speak to and work uh, with some of our other uh, health and safety managers and directors located in other parts of the world. Um, I do go to the U.S. Uh, and uh, help out a little bit in Maine with our, our folks down there. And, uh, you know, in the future, hopefully, um, I will be able to do some traveling to our other parts just to kind of compare what they do to what we do and, and share um, uh, just our knowledge on what we can do. Because what they do over in Chile is similar to what we do here. So um, that is definitely on the docket. So what's a typical work week look like for Shalina? And I know it's certainly they all vary, but uh, what might you do in the run of a week? It's always interesting. Um. Usually, I like to meet with my team first of the week uh, when I'm in the office uh, just to kind of sit down and, and strategize on, um, you know, what the week looks like for them or do we have any struggles or any issues that we need to address um, and set up a plan. Uh, then after that, it's it could be anything. <laughs> to be honest, I could get a phone call to go somewhere. Um you know, I, I have meetings with upper management frequently. Um, right now, I, I'm in the middle of rolling out a couple of new uh, programs um, in the company. So we've recently signed up with IS NetWorld. So that's been a big, um, you know, a big thing recently. Um, so, so what do they do? Excuse me for interrupting. What do they do now? So IS NetWorld is uh, they manage uh, contractors. So as we've continued to grow um, as a company, we can no longer kind of manage our contractors as a small company. We we need to bring in somebody to manage those contractors for us. We have large projects uh, coming up, like our Bayside uh, project that's, you know, they broke ground. They're, they're building the on-land hatchery there. Um, so we've needed to bring on a company basically to help us manage all of our contractors and make sure that they have the uh, safety requirements that, that we require them to have to work safely for us. So Now, there's a lot of emphasis these days put on onboarding, new worker orientation, I guess, depending on what you'd like to call it. Uh, from the point of view of cooks, what kind of information, what kind of uh, topics do you cover in your onboarding? Well, number one uh, that I have at the very front of our orientation for health and safety for new employees is our health and safety policy and the company's commitment uh, basically to provide them a safe work environment. Um, so that's that's number one. Uh, then in addition to that, just letting them know what their rights are, um, encouraging them that if they see, you know, something that they feel is unsafe to bring it to someone's attention um, and then, you know, what our responsibilities are as an employer to them and then as an employee, what, you know, we expect of them as well. Um, and then just really um, covering the basics of, you know, that they have a joint health and safety committee uh, to reach out to if they need to. Also that they have my team um, always available to reach out to if they have any any safety concerns um, and things like that. So. Now, if you happen to be in the office on a Monday morning and one of your staff members comes to you that's been doing an orientation for new employees and they said, look, we'd like for you to come in and talk to our staff for, you know, even three or four minutes to uh, sort of set the tone. What what kind of messages would you talk to your staff about when it comes to health and safety? Maybe things that are dear to your heart. Oh, gosh. Um, honestly, uh, the main one for me would be 
to to speak up and not feel that they are going to be punished for bringing something to someone's attention if they have a concern, if they see something that they feel is unsafe, if they're asked to do something that they feel is unsafe. Um, I know commonly with um, new employees, young employees, um, and also, um, you know, new workers, foreign workers, uh, sometimes they feel that they can't say something because they're they're just you know, where they're new to the industry um, or they, they feel that, you know, these people know more than I know because they've been here for, for a long time. So my main message would just be that, you know, you have the right to speak up and 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 not have to work unsafe if, if you feel it's unsafe. So that's that's my main thing. And again, like I said, we, we do have a lot of uh, foreign workers in our company and um, they tend to be quiet when it comes to safety, safety things. So that would be my my main message. Now, your organization, like a lot of organizations in our province now, bring in, do bring in foreign workers. Um, how do you go about to ensure that they understand uh, our culture, uh, our norms when it comes to health and safety? Because they could be very different from the from the original countries where they come from. So in our community, I know mostly uh, like Charlotte County in, it, in itself is where a lot of uh, the majority of our foreign workers work out of um, those operations. There are communities here, like there's a, there's a Filipino community here, there's a Ukrainian community here within um, Charlotte County, and a lot of them work for Cook. Um, so I find that they tend to share a lot of the information and relay information, um, you know, for some of those coming in that may not be able to speak the language as well yet or, um, you know, things like that. So I find that the actual community, um, they share on our behalf. And then in addition to that, uh, we actually, all of our SOPs, our um, orientations and all of the training documents, we have translated. So, so we've got, um, you know, Ukrainian, uh, translations for SOPs. We've got Filipino, you know, like we've got them all translated over. So to make it, make it easier. And we do have some people that will do translation for us. So when we put them through, um, an actual classroom orientation, there is another employee there that speaks the language that can do the translation. So, um, you know, we do our best to, to try to make sure that they, they, the information gets through. So. How many different languages would you be translating to right now? Um, I would say there's four or five at least. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know for sure, uh, Ukrainian, um, Spanish, Portuguese, French. So four off the top of my head, I know of for sure. Okay. Uh, a bit of a word association, I guess you could say, when it comes to health and safety, some of the topics that we hear about a lot. Uh, I'd like to run down through a list of topics and, and initially maybe just uh, talk about what would come to mind if, if someone uh, were to throw out a term, for example, lockout, as it relates to courts. Okay, lockout. Yes. So we preach lockout, obviously, as every other company does, um, really just to never take the risk. Um, never work on equipment without locking it out um, because the consequences are could be life altering. And as you know, um, you know, read anything on uh, Occupational Health and Safety Digests, 
there's there's always something happening um, with lockout tagout violations. So um, that's one one thing actually. As a company, uh, we're currently in the middle of a project for lockout tagout, um, educating and updating and, and, uh, you know, making sure that we're, we're where we need to be with that. So. Fall protection. Fall protection. Just put it on. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's my advice. Just put it on. Um, Do you have a challenge with that? Well, as a, a company, we don't, um, we, because we're not for the nature of our work, I guess, only, we only have a very small number of employees that do work that require fall protection. Um, so they are, uh, very on top of it. Um, you know, their training is up, always up to date. And also we have, um, like my health and safety specialist that, uh, does visits to site is always looking for that. And, uh, so far so good. They're, they're always very good with their fall protection. So. Confined spaces. Oh gosh, confined spaces. This was, I learned early in my career, confined space was something thrown at me and, uh, I feel like I know it inside and out. Um, <laughs> really, I would say do it right and set the example. Um, again, this is, uh, for our company specifically, there's not a large number of um, of tasks that require confined space work for our employees to do. Um, a lot of the time, we will bring in an outside contractor to come in and do any confined space work for us um, just because, you know, we're not the experts at it and it's not something that's common um, for our employees to, to work on. So, um, yeah, I usually bring in bring in the experts for that one. Wimmis. Been around forever. Yes, been around forever. And I was thinking about this. So people are very nonchalant about Wemis, um, but it's such a serious hazard if, if you don't know what you're doing and how to handle chemicals properly. Um, so for our company, we do have obviously a vast number of chemicals handled across the organization. Um, so covered in the safety orientation right up front. Uh, we cover Wemis in their, their new hire orientation, um, as well as they, you know, receive the training, uh, the actual training once they're, they're employed. Um, but uh, respirator fit testing, everybody that's required to work with anything um, chemical related that requires respirator, we do in-house fit testing for that to ensure that, you know, we're covered there. So, um, yeah, women's is a funny one. It's, it's one that people kind of just throw to the wayside, but gosh, it's so important if it's not done properly. Near misses. So near misses, um, if I were to talk to somebody about a near miss, I would say nothing is too small to bring up or report um, because something so small, really the potential um, could be massive and you could save someone's life just by, just by reporting it. Something that might not seem important could really be impactful. So um, yeah, near misses are definitely at the top of the list of importance. <laughs> Accidents. So accidents, I don't like that word. It's something obviously I don't want to hear. Um, unfortunately, it's still part of, part of, uh, you know, the everyday sometimes. Um, but I feel that, you know, it's an opportunity to learn and to be better. 
Um, you know, you don't want anybody to get hurt and we try to do everything we can to prevent accidents from occurring. But ultimately, um, when they do happen, we just have to make sure that we can learn from them and do our best to ensure that, you know, it doesn't happen again. And the last topic, supervision, supervisory responsibilities. Yes. Yeah, so supervision, that's exactly what I was going to say. I would know your responsibilities. A lot of supervisors, um, you know, they get promoted within their um, area or their division because they're good at their job. And they say, oh, okay, I'll take the extra X amount of dollars per hour to, to supervise these employees or to take on these extra tasks. But often they don't really realize what they're taking on. Um, and I do want to put a plug in for SSMB. Uh, we have started uh, this summer to run a lot of our supervisors um, and managers through the safety uh, supervisor responsibilities course that SSMB puts on. So uh, we've been working with Mark, um, my health and safety uh, trainer, has been working with him, and, and it's been great. So um, that's, that's a big one, um, you know. We, a lot of our people that have gone through it have come out and are very surprised um, at what they are responsible for. So I feel that it's very important that they they understand that. A lot of times when people talk about health and safety, they, they talk about the safety element, uh, not necessarily the, the health issues that people might face in the day-to-day work. Um, what are some of the occupational health issues that uh, that you have to deal with at Cook's? One um, that would be the top of the list would, would be hearing. Um, that's And that's not just specifically here at Cook's. Throughout my career, um, different organizations I've worked at in, in health and safety, hearing is, is at the top of the list. I mean, years ago, nobody had to wear hearing protection or there was not an understanding of, of how the work environment could affect your hearing later in life. Um, and now, you know, we're seeing that with the uh, older generation that, you know, didn't have to, to wear the hearing protection, so they didn't. And now there's a lot of, uh, a lot of claims coming through, um, you know, for hearing aids and, and, uh, and all that kind of stuff. So definitely, um, you know, I think we're in a better place now, obviously, as things have progressed, um, over the years that, um, people understand they need to protect their hearing because it's, it's, it's important and later in life you're, you're going to need it. <laughs> um, so definitely, uh, that's, that's one of the big, the biggies. Now, one of the topics that I keep, uh, hearing folks bring up at, at workshops I've done around the province is, is hiring staff and the difficulty in hiring staff and the difficulty in, uh, in keeping staff. Uh, in the, in the case of hiring staff, uh, you mentioned you, you were hiring a lot of foreign workers. Do you see yourself hiring even more of them in the future? I, yes, I believe so. Yes, we, we actually do have a, um, HR person that her, her role is immigration okay. and, and, uh, working with foreign workers. So that her role was developed specifically, um, for that. Like, we we cannot find enough workers to do the work that we have um and so that 100% you know that will be um continuing in our future so baby boomers gen x gen y millennials uh you know organizations struggle with such a mix in the workplace uh, and how to keep them all safe and uh, and keep them keep them on staff i guess you could say um how do you deal with that issue 
because you must have people of all ages in your workforce. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we have people from, you know, 17, 18 years old up until we've got some vessel captains and, uh, you know, site workers out there that are in their 70s. Um, really, on a health and safety, from a health and safety perspective, it's know, know your audience. And and that's how we, we manage it. We understand when we go out there, we might have four different generations of folks that we're, we're speaking to, um, when it comes to dealing with health and safety issues. So really we, it's, it's knowing your audience and then just providing guidance, um, and, and listening and, and educating them in a way that we know that they're going to understand it. So I, I'm not going to ask, um, you know, somebody that, has a flip phone and he's never had a, a a smartphone and say, Oh, well you can do that on our app. So I'm going to let me get, you know, let's put that app on your phone. And, and he doesn't know what that is. And, and, you know, he's old school. Okay. I will provide you with a binder with this information or a, or a pamphlet or whatever. So, um, you know, it's just, again, dealing with, with um, the knowing your audience and then just, and going from there and, and making sure that they get the information that they need in whatever way is, you know, easiest for them. Now, as a seasoned health and safety professional, uh, what kind of advice would you give to someone new coming into the health and safety profession, whether it's at Cooks or perhaps at some other industry in uh, in the province? Um, be patient. Uh, take it all in and don't give up. <laughs> health and safety uh, is this career path is a roller coaster. Um, but it is so rewarding. Um, you know, there is obviously stress because you, you have other people's well-being kind of on your shoulders. You feel that. Um, but it is so rewarding and it's so worth it at the end of the day to know that, um, you know, you're helping to keep people safe and, and people appreciate that. Um, they truly do. And that's evident, um, within our company. Um, we've received great feedback from, from different employees and managers that, you know, have thanked us when we've had to come in and, and deal with a situation or, um, you know, make a change to something. And they've been appreciative and actually thanked us for that. So, um, yeah, be patient. It, it, you know, it gets better. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that would be my, uh, my advice. So how is technology changing your job as a health and safety professional? Um, definitely making it, I feel, making it better. Um, just with the way technology has been, um, you know, advancing, we're able to get more information out and make things more accessible for people. Um, I know I mentioned the, you know, if we had some an older generation employee that didn't have access to a smartphone. However, all of our sites have um, iPads. Um, all of our, our folks out there, um, our managers and supervisors have um, iPhones and everything. And all of our now we are able to keep all of our information in one area, um, you know, on SharePoint, let's say. And it's accessible for everybody. Before, I mean, we would be printing binders and sending out binders to all of our locations. And then if something changed, OK, I got to send you out a new, you know, section of this. I'll mail it out in our internal mail or, or, you know, snail mail, and then you have to update it. So um, I definitely think technology is helping health and safety in a way that you're able to communicate with your employees and just get make information more accessible. So over the next couple of years, what would be some of the projects that you folks would have on the go to uh, to address health and safety? You mentioned one earlier, and that's uh, contractors. 
what, what might be a couple of other ones? Um, right now, I'm in the middle of actually revamping our entire safety management system. So that's been a big undertaking um, in itself. Uh, you know, we, we do, we had one, but uh, as times change and as legislation changes, um, there's been a need to revamp that whole, that whole uh, program. And, and so that's been a big project, basically. Um, gosh, I'm trying to think what else there's, you ask a question like that and then my mind goes blank because I have so much that I can't just pick out one or two things. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I would say right now the, uh, the contractor management is the big one. Um, also revamping, uh, workplace inspections for sites. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the other things. So we, use a program called Pronto Forms. I know um, other people that use that uh, program mm-hmm. as well. Um, revamping that for our uh, sites, like our, our cage sites out on the water and our vessels to do their workplace inspections, um, you know, easily. They just have to bring it up on their iPad, go through it, submit it, and then I get an email with a copy of it. So um, that's another one of our projects that we're working on. So And lock and tag out. <laughs> Uh, one final question, one I'd like to ask folks is, uh, of all the things you've achieved in your career, is there one thing that stands out that you're most proud of? I would have to say, really, it's uh, the relationships that I've built over the years within the organizations I've worked. Um, I run into people you know, here and there, you know, I live in St. John, so it's a small city. So, you know, you often are going to run into people that, you know, and, uh, you know, I could be out to dinner and, and I'll run into somebody that were, you know, they're an employee at an organization that I had worked at in health and safety. And they remember me. They remember me from when I was there from, you know, being that safety person. And I feel that, you know, if I made an impact on that person that they remember, oh, that's Shalina. She was our safety person. And, you know, and they'll say, oh, how are you doing? And, you know, just the 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 matter of that they know they remember me and I made an impact somehow that they remember me and they feel that, you know, they want to say hello and, and catch up. So um, I think that as a safety person, you really need to build those relationships with your employees. It's not, you know, not just with your management team, but also with your frontline workers. And, and I think I feel for myself that that's been one of my biggest accomplishments is that I built those relationships and, and uh, you know, they last. So. Well, look, thank you very much, Shalina, for joining us on our podcast today. I know you're very busy, so we'll let you get back to all your work. Uh, continued uh, good fortunes as your organization grows and, uh, Uh, hopefully someday you'll get to see some of the other operations around the world. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) Take care and have a good day. Have a safe day. Uh, Thanks for the folks listening to our podcast. See you next week.